This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Ron? Good evening. Welcome to the Shia. Tonight is Parashas Bo. We're going to pick on Makas Choshech first. Okay, we're going to learn some Zoya. Learn some very deep things about the Maka of Choshech. The Maka of Choshech. What does the Chidot say on the word Choshech? What does it stand for? If you mix up the letters, no. What does it stand for if you mix What? Shokach, right. Oh, and I read it. says the Chidah. Why did they get the mark of Chayshech? Because of, they were Kafoy Taiv. The tribe was Kafoy Taiv because Yosef saved them and, and gave them food to live and now they went and they attacked the children of Yosef. So, they forgot Yosef, right? good he did to them. And now you paid him back. You paid him back bad. That's why they got Choshech. Okay, we're going to talk a little bit about Choshech tonight. Rashi says, why, what happened in Choshech? Pirish, Shehaya Yisrael, Ba'ayse Adar, Klai Yisrael in that generation, Paishim. They were sinning. What was their sin? Right? That they didn't want to leave. They did not want to leave and go to Israel. They were happy in America. They were happy in Mitzrayim. Right? And that's a very big sin, And four-fifths of the Jews died in the darkness. Hashem didn't want the Mitzrayim watch the Jews die in a plague. Why? Because they would say, Afheim like kimono. They didn't get, they didn't get the, the Makos, but they got a Maka where four-fifths of them died. So really it wasn't such a big uh, success, was it, coming out of Mitzrayim? There were 600,000, so there's one-fifth, so there were three million of them. And only 600,000 made it out. And this is what he says, very scary, very scary. I don't mean to scare anyone who's listening. Chas because we're going to talk about it, but we're going to learn the Zayah tonight. The Zayah says, in Pasha Shmuel, stop Zion of Abayz, Kishiyavaya Mashiach. When Mashiach comes, Yechoshech Hamisha Eisayom. For 15 days, the world will be dark. Sounds like a nuclear situation. Huh? 15 days. It's two, two weeks and a day. Yemusu Yerusha Yisrael. And the bad Jews will die. She'enim writes him Gula. Because they don't want a Gula. They're, what do you mean? The Yankees are in the World Series. Wait till after that. Then Mashiach can come. You know, what do you mean? I got a business. I didn't sell my property yet. Like, come on, right? That's the, that's, they don't want Mashiach. Any person who's not waiting for the gula, who really, not because someone died, or they went to Chesamation, they want to see their mother again, or their grandfather, or someone's sick and they want to refuse Shalema, Mashiach comes, like people who don't make, who are very poor, can't wait for Mashiach, and have money, that is the worst of era. The Rambam says that that is apikorosis. The only reason you should be waiting for Mashiach is that our God, Hashem Echad, Ushmo Echad, Hashem Echad, Ushmo Echad, God will reveal Himself and the Shekhinah will come out of Gullus. If you want it for any other reason, because someone died that you, was your friend and you want to see him, you're not apikorosis, says the Rambam. People are not waiting for the Gulah. Even though they're alive in the time of Mashiach, they're not going to make it. They're going to die in Choshech and darkness just like it happened in Mitzrayim. This is a huge Kiddush. I am probably going to get 
a lot of emails on this. You ready for this? This is almost at the werewolf level. The safer for everyone who's listening, so you don't have to call me. The safer is called the Shibule Haleket. It's called the Shibule Haleket. You'll find it in Simon Reish Alan Dalin. Who wrote that? He says he brings it down in Pashimoth. Okay. Anyway. Now. Everyone, like all us guys in this room who can't wait to see Hashem in this miserable world of atheism and non-belief in God, now everyone's going to say, ah, like by the, by, uh, he says the following. Those who are waiting for Mashiach. I can tell you that my father was waiting for Mashiach. I can tell you there were many tzaddikim that had special suits and clothing put away in their closet for Mashiach that they never touched. It was for Mashiach. Even though they're not alive. Okay? They wanted Mashiach and they died. They will come back to life. Now, let me just tell you all this because there's a lot of Kabbalah tonight we're going to talk about. And some stuff I prepared I can't talk about. Just can't. Certain things you're not supposed to talk about, right? But listen to this. Tchis comes way after Mashiach, right? But he says the following. But those who are waiting for Yeshua, and now they're not alive anymore. They're in the graveyard. Yukumu, they'll come back alive. Kedei, Liskais, Valirais, they're going to come back alive just to see Mashiach come and see the Yeshua. Mida Kenegi Mida. You wanted to see Mashiach, but Hashem took you away. You died. So you should be punished not to see Mashiach come. So before Tchiz Amazing, they ain't coming back. We're going to see what, what it says about that. We're not talking about the Paisha Yisrael. No, we're talking about that, that's not going to happen within those 15 days of nothing. They're going to die. When, when will those people not come in? A lot of people don't come back. No, when, when, when are the people that want to come in? Oh, they'll come back right before Mashiach, before he reveals himself on the 15th day. So he's saying here, Right? That they're not, not as but they're going to come back alive to see the Geula and the revelation of God to the world. Because when they were alive, they were waiting for it. But now they died. They couldn't live forever. So what, they should miss it? Just because they died? So no, not to after Mashiach. No, these people will watch Mashiach come. They weren't ready for that, were you? That's pretty... Out there. So the modern chapter, then they're going to come back to that moment, and then they're going to come back to. Yeah, now, now we're going to go to the Zayah who talks about the whole Choshech. There's huge Zayah on this. I'm not going to talk that much, but we're going to read certain points. But you hear what he's saying? That's amazing. Again, for all those that are listening, they're not alive. They're going to get up to be alive. In order to see the Yeshua. That's what he says. He says on the bottom, who a person on, on, on Tisha B'av, a person who mourns Yushalayim, right? Uh, the So he has a right to see when it's comforted. And if he's living in now in the Ikhvaz de Mashiach, and he was written in the book of Tzadikim, person who doesn't care about it, doesn't, doesn't mourn it, he has no right to see it. Even if he's living in the time of Mashiach, but he's one of these people who doesn't believe, he will not see the gula. Like we see him in Shakola, All the people who didn't believe 
in the Geula, they died in the, it was six days, but there were three days you couldn't move. So for three days the Jews died that didn't, didn't, weren't Mitzap and Yeshua. And us, and all the rest of the Jews who believe Yeshua Selokeinu, and that God will bring us Yeshua. He says, huge chiddush, huge chiddush, huge chiddush. I love this sefer. Thank you, Albert Khan. It's your sefer. All right. Let us go. That's that's part one. Let us go. See what the Medjushtan Chumas says about Choshech. Okay? Vayom Hashem HaMoyesh Netei Yochal HaShemayim Stretch your hand out, not the stick. This, this was not done with the mata, Choshech. V'yichoshech al Eretz Mitzrayim v'yom eish Choshech. He says the following. Choshech sheshalach ha-kadosh bochal ha-mitzrim, the darkness that God sent to the mitzrim, there's, there's two kinds of darknesses. There's a darkness that's a lack of light. If I turn off all the lights in this room, right? It's going to be dark. It's a lack of light. And there's a darkness that even though you have the light on, it's dark anyway. So it's sort of like pouring ink on white paper. So for three days they were in a normal darkness, turning off the lights. And for three days they were in a darkness where if they were sitting down they could not stand. If they were standing up they could not sit down. If they were laying down on a bed they could not get up. I was thinking about it a little bit today when I was preparing, but I don't know enough about depression. You know, depression is also darkness. And sometimes when a person is very depressed he can't get up. He can't get out of his chair. He can't get out of his bed. But that's a spiritual darkness. And and I was just thinking again. I'm talking. Just I'm thinking because I don't I don't know the clinical part of depression. I'm not a therapist. I'm not a psychiatrist. But I know from the work that I do that there's clinical depression, and then there's, there's clinically you're clinically depressed. And you need medicine, and then there's just people who are depressed because not clinically, but because of what's going on in their life. No, they weren't depressed with a five-year-old kid when everything was right. They just depressed. So I think there's like two different kinds of darknesses. One of the darkness were like, I just depressed. I'm just not happy. And then there's a clinical de- depression, which is much harder. And, and you, you I, I've dealt with kids that really just, I just don't want to get out of. They can't get out of bed. They can't get out of bed. And we know that in the spiritual world, in the physical world, they mirror each other. So in the physical world, there was a thing in Choshech that there were three days that it was a lack of light. You can get around. So there are depressed people that go to school, go to work, but then there are clinically depressed people who mamish can't lift, they can't lift their head off the pillow. So maybe like three days, three days, again, in that talking spiritual, emotional world. Everything's in the Tyra. Everything's here. Everything's here. Um, anyway, so what he's saying here but I don't understand, you know, I'm not, again, I'm not a doctor, and it's, it's it, it says that, that it's very, that it's atmos, it's called atmos, called depression. It's very hard to learn when you're depressed, it's, it's, it's darkness, there's no light, there is light. Anyway. Um, so he sent the darkness. Anyone here know where the darkness came from? Where do you think the darkness came from? It was it was dark, and then this inky, this inky black. No, this inky. No, no, the first three days. I'm talking about the second three days where you couldn't move, right? From the darkness that was above. But Rav Nechemiah says, Mechoshech Gehenim. This there is a darkness in Gehenim. And it came from Gehenim. It came from hell. Okay. So there is such a thing. There is one of the levels of Gehenim is Choshech. Bameh HaRishom Mitzchashim Gehenim. How does Hashem cover the Rishoim in Gehenim? Bachoshech. So you can't, they're covered in darkness. And the other side in Ganeiden, 
the, the tzaddikim are wearing a beged of R. Aleph Vez Resh. Not the R. The R that Adam had that R. And they couldn't see each other's body, physical parts. Because there was a very bright light on each one of them. So you couldn't see their physical parts. So they weren't ashamed. But when they ate from the tree, Hashem changed the R with an Aleph to the R with an Ayin. So it went from clothing of light to clothing of skin. And then, because the minute they lost, the minute they ate from the Etzadaf, they lost the clothing of light. Then they saw each other's bodies and they were embarrassed. So Hashem said, we gotta cover you up, but I can't cover you up with light anymore. You took away the light by you doing the Avera. So the, so the, the, the Tzadikim in Ganeiden, they walk around in light. And the, the Risham in Gehenna walk around in clothing of darkness. Ooh, scary. Just gotta chill. Scary. It is clear, very scary. There was seven days. We know six, right? The mark was three and three. Ketan, how's that possible? The first three days, if you were sitting down in a chair and you wanted to get up, get up. The person who was standing should be Kishlaisha if you wanted to sit down. Yoshe, sit down. The last three days, if you were sitting, that darkness that came from Gehenna, that was like ink. It's like a deep darkness. It's not the lack of light. It actually can cover the light. Physical huh? It's a physical darkness. Well, other things also, I think, no? It's not an emotional darkness, but it's, it's like ink. So he says, during those three days, if you were sitting, you couldn't get up. Well, I made, if you stood, any yachalashev, you couldn't sit down. Misha Robert, the person who was laying down, lahay yachaliska, if you couldn't get up. One of a beautiful shot, one of the nicest shot that I ever heard in my life. Nicest shot that I ever heard in my life. I don't say that easy. Oh, I don't know who says this, but it's like amazing. By Choshech. By Choshech. says the following a man could not see his friend because of the darkness nobody could get up for three days so the Pasuk says deep darkness so somebody said you want to know what the greatest darkness darkness in the world is? You want to know what the day, greatest darkness is? When When one person doesn't see the problems of the other person. And what else? Well, they come with me And nobody gets up to help anybody. The greatest darkness is when you don't see your other human being. When you don't see your other Jew. When you don't see your Achim. So he says, say the psukah like this. There was this huge darkness in Eretz Mitzrayim for three days. Why? Because they didn't see each other. Nobody got up to help the other one. Godless. It's godless, no? Sit over the table on Shabbos. What's the real darkness in life when you don't see the other guy? I love it. I love it. You gotta dance around the Shabbos table with this one. Okay, anyway. So, he says like this. So for three days they didn't see each other. You couldn't even get up. That's only six days. You said there were seven days. So he says that by the Yamsuf, the the the, the cloud that brought light to Klai Israel brought deep darkness to the to as we said. Um, it says in the Pasuk, the Mitzrayim had R, but the Mitzrayim had darkness. So there were six days in Mitzrayim with darkness, and there was one day for Mitzrayim with um, one day Mitzrayim by the by the Yamsuf that there was darkness. So they had seven days of darkness. Okay. What? No, three and three, and then one separate. No, I shouldn't need to give them dogs in the afternoon. They all got mixed up. They got lost. So we had, Hashem had to save one day of darkness for the Yamsuf. All right.
We're going to get to the story in, in two minutes. Now, now let's learn we'll see the. So the Chidot says the same thing. Chashach, Chashach Hebi al Mitzrayim. Hashem brought darkness unto Mitzrayim because the Yemusu Rasha Yisrael. That the, the, the bad Jews were dying. They didn't want to go out. Hashem didn't want that they should see it. When Mashiach comes to There's going to be darkness for 15 days. And the bad Jews will die. What does that mean, the bad Jews? The ones that don't keep Shabbos? The ones that don't eat kosher? The ones who do not believe in the redemption. Pretty heavy. What? Million were buried in three days. Uh-huh. Maybe I buried them like the Mitzri. No. Maybe the ground just sucked them up. Huh? So maybe I buried them. Could be. Okay. Um What? They didn't have a warning. No. They had the whole time. Moshe Ben was there telling them we're leaving the triumph. They had time for Chufa. What? They still didn't want to go out. No. And even the ones that went out, they wanted to go back because they wanted watermelon and fish and stuff like that. Mentality is very hard to change. It says that the reason Hashem didn't take him the shortcut there to Israel, they needed forty years to take that, that 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 Hashem never Hashem did not let because of the because of the miraglim Hashem did not let any of the people who were a certain age of Israel to go there to Israel because it brings down that they had to all die in the midbar because the mentality the slavery mentality had to die in the midbar so for forty years they had to get rid of that there's a mentality. You know, a master mentality. A lack of, you know, uh, being close to Hashem. But it's the same thing with the Evid Ivri who has to, has to pierce his ear because he wants to stay with the master. Because he doesn't have a moon, he doesn't, he doesn't need Hashem. He's like the snake that eats the dust. So we have to, we have to detox. We need, uh, we need 40 years of detox that we should come into Israel and not, so we have to die, everyone had to die. Had that Evid mentality in the end. You can take the slave out, but you can't take the person out of the slave. Something like that. I don't know. You can take the slave out of the person. You can take the you can take the person out of slavery. You can take the person out of slavery, but you can't always take the slavery out of the person. It's mentality. All right. I don't advise anyone to really learn this zayar because it's a little bit depressing. Um, in Shmos Tav Zayim, but if you want to look at it, you can look at it. He talks about the whole creation of the, of the, of Mashiach. One thing I have to tell you what he says, you need to hear this very important. It says in the Pasik, Ani Hayom Ladaticha. That he says, very right, you have to hear what he, and there's a reason he says this. Ki Mashiach Yevadai Mashiach will surely be Adam Tzadik, a person who's a Tzadik, no laid born Meish Isha from human beings, not their Messiah. So he writes, you need to know that Mashiach is coming from a human being. V'yegadel b'tzikosoi, and he will grow up in his tzitkis. At Kate Sayamim till the end of days. It will be Yamahu, Shah Kate, in the end, Tabahanishama Linishama Shalow, they will bring an extra soul to this person's soul, Biganadan and Ganadan, Vishinashim Ishna Sadakahu. For us Yiskiliya Sagal, then he'll become the Gaya. And he talks about forty days. Okay, whatever, I'm not even going to this.
Um, but there is something I want to tell you. It's not going to be easy. In the beginning of the Gula. Now, this might be talking about the, the Holocaust. Very. This is Zaya, but it's very sounds like he's talking about the Holocaust. Because he said in the Tchila of the Gula, the beginning of the end, the beginning of the Gula. So it's 80 years ago, right? We're going, we're definitely going into the Gula right now. In There's going to be very bad times for Klai Yisrael. And he says that there's going to be a group of Rishayim. They're not going to be able to handle the pain. Says these are neshamas from the klipa. Listen to what he writes. Shirabim Yisrael. Most of the Jews yishtamdu. We go off the derech. What's what's the exact translation for that? They will become like I am. Shmad. How do you say shmad in English? Oh, Shmad. Listen carefully. Listen carefully, guys. This is our times. There are certain ones that are going to be thrown out, but there are many of them that will be taken back. And he says the following. In the time of the Mashiach, when Hashem comes to this world to take the Shekhinah to, to free it from the Golas, God's going to look at the Jewish nation. Who is standing with her, with the Shekhinah, and who is not? And he will look at all those that stuck with her, all you good guys who come to or Yitzchak. He's going to look at all the all the the, the people. That all the people that are that that have a moon, it's going to be a big test in the moon in those days. They will be zayicha to be there in the happiness of the king. The Chola Amim, the UN, the UN. This is a zayar. You know how long ago he wrote this. The Chola Amim and all the nations of the world, Umalchayim and their kings and their representatives in the in, in the UN, Yisafsi Yachad Aleihem, will. Get together against us, the Jews. The Eru Kamakzeris Rice. And they will come up with all kinds of what do they call that in the in the UN? Sanctions. Kulam Yalu Biyavai Biatsaachas Ayusral. They will all gather from the advice of one. One guy. We know who that was. Ayusral and the Jews. But they will all see Mashiach. For there will be a cloud, a mud, a cloud, a fire, that will go from the heavens to the land, for 40 days it will burn. A fire from heaven all the way to earth. And all the nations of the world will see it. At that time, they will wake up Mashiach to leave Gan Eden. And he will reveal himself in the Galil of Eretz Yisrael. 
The world will be in, in, in uproar. There will be a huge war at the time. This is sure nuclear. Says the Zoya, how, how long was this written? 2,000, 3,000 years ago? He says, the whole world, they will get together in caves, and in bunkers. Because they won't know how to save themselves from the war at that time. They will, they will hide themselves. Now, are you ready to where they're going to hide? In caves, and in bunkers that are built underneath the ground. Total radiation. Total. It may pachad. That would be the shaking and the, the mix-up of the whole world. Everyone's going to ask, why did you come in the Galil? Why did you come in Yerushalayim? Why did you reveal yourself in the Galil? And he will say, it was the first place that the enemies destroyed in Eretz Yisrael. And that's where the gullus of the ten tribes that were thrown out of Eretz Yisrael, they went through the Galil. So therefore, Mashiach will first reveal himself in, Ezra, in Israel and in the Galil. I'm just taking little pieces. Little pieces. And all the kings in the world, they'll all get together to go to war. And many of the Pritze, what do you say in English? The Pritze Yisrael, the Jews who are Pritzim, Pritzim. I'm not going to, uh, I don't want to get a million phone calls, but you all know what kind of people we're talking about, right? They're going to turn over and they're going to shmad, they're going to leave. And they're going to go and join the Goyim. These Jews will go to war against us, against the Melech HaMoshiach. When the Jews go against themselves, that's when the world is going to fall into 15 days of darkness. And the Jews will get together, but many Jews will die in that darkness. It says their death will bring them forgiveness. And Hashem will bring them back to life. They won't be like the Jews that are thrown outside the cloud, outside. What? It's a big Nechama. That those Jews, right, they got up against Christ or against Mashiach, Hashem will say that their death is their kapara, v'yikumu v'tchiyah. They'll come back to life. This whole thing is like 20 pages. I'm just picking out stuff. Listen to this. I once said this on Tisha B'Av. There's a coat that God wears that every time a Jew is killed by a terrorist or the Holocaust, all that, he he puts blood for every person that that's killed by the Goyim on this coat. And every day Moshiach puts that coat on. And that brings the anger of what the Goyim did to us. He wears that every day. So he says, it's called Porpira, Demalka, the the coat of the king, that has all the nations on it, who got together to hurt us. And Mashiach walks into this place where the coat is, and he sees the pictures of the father, and he sees the pictures of the father, 
that went into the Hashem's Beis Hamidrash by the time of the Chorban. And Mashiach sees Rachel sitting there crying every day. And Hashem is talking to Rachel and he's comforting her. But Rachel Imenu does not want to accept any Tanchumim. The At Oma, Rachel Mavakal Baneha. Kienenu, Rachel is crying for her children because they're not here. Oz Mashiach Marim Kalayabaycha. Mashiach begins to cry with her. Kedain Mashiach, Arim Kalayubacha. Mashiach lifts his voice and he cries. Umizadeya Menechra Kalagan Eden. And from his cries, the whole Gan Eden shakes. And all the tzaddikim that are in Gan Eden, every day this goes on. All the tzaddikim cry with him, with Rachel Imenu together, with the Avais on what we went through. You think up in Shemayim, they don't know that we had a Holocaust in Spanish Inquisition. You think God forgot us? He has a coat. When Mashiach puts on that coat, the place is shaking. This cry is opposite the pain of the of the Jewish people that are suffering in this world. He says the tzaddikim in this world also cry. The Mashiach cries again. He cries for the pain. Of the people in, in the, in the other world, in Ganeiden, that are in Tsar, watching the Jews be in Tsar. The people don't have children in this world, and the people have children off the derech, and cancer, and all these things that we're going through. They cry in Shemayim for us. The sky that's above Ganeiden begins to shake. It's 500,000 Camps of angels go up. At Mashiach Megiel Kisei Elyon till Mashiach gets all the way up to the Kisei Elyon. And what happens up there? Nishbal This happens every single day. He gets up there with the coat. Hashem swears. He swears he will destroy the kingdom of Russia's that hurt us and he will destroy them through Mashiach and he will take revenge for Klai The God swears to the Avais, to Rachel, to Mashiach, to all the angels, that all the good that he promised the Jewish nation, I swear I will do what I promised for my nation. B'chadah Mashiach, Mashiach goes out, benignos, and he hides himself, in that place, every single day. Zayar. Don't think they don't care about us up there. Every single day, God swears, I will keep my word. Which leads me to an amazing story that I wanted to tell you. Actually, it's from my friend Ushi Langzam, um, who told me this story. I didn't see the end coming at all. And it's really a story because what happened to the four-fifth that died? I spoke about it this Shabbos. I was at a Shabbat home. One-fifth made it out. Four-fifth didn't make it out. If we were studying this, Manashtana, they all came together, 70 people. They all lived in the same Mitzrayim. They had the same teachers in, in, of Levi, Shevet Levi in Goshen. They all, they all served the Zara, but they didn't do any bad thing, immoral acts. Manashtana. Like, like, we're learning, the Chida the, the and the Zoya, we're learning that a lot of people are not going to make it. A lot of people are not going to make it. They don't have the Amuna. It's going to be a big test in the Amuna. So, so how do I make it? Like, how do I know I'm going to make it? What do I do? So if we could figure out what happened to those four fifths, what was their mistake? If we can figure out their mistake, then we can work on that, and then we, we won't have that problem. At least, you know, the people who work on it. So the story that my friend told me today really, I think, was a, a message. And it's, it's, it's a din and a muna. The, the Zaya keeps saying the word a muna. 
person who, has, who trusts God, who has a moon in Hashem, he's going to make it. Because no matter what he sees, no matter how bad it looks, he knows that it's really for the good. There's a difference in Emunah and Bitochen because Emunah and Bitochen and altogether in Emunah, there's Emunah Gamzulatayva that that even though it's bad, it's it's for my good. Then there's an Emunah. There's nothing bad. It's a much higher level. In other words, I understand something happened. It's better than if something worse, or in the end, it's going to be good for me. But it's a bad thing that's good for me. The top line of Muna is that there's no bad thing in this world. What's the thing is a bad thing? You know the famous joke, it's not a joke, the story. This guy was a tightrope walker in a circus. Ringling Brothers don't exist anymore, but he was a tightwalker, right? And they offered him a million dollars to to do the Grand Canyon, to walk across the Grand Canyon. So he's like, ah, <laughs> I don't want to do the Grand Canyon. So his friend said, Listen, you do sometimes you do this trick in the circus without a net. What's the difference? How far you fall? You're gonna fall in the barn, you're gonna die, or you're gonna die. What's it doing? A million dollars! He says, You really think I can do it? There's winds. It's a great canyon, there's winds, it's not a circus. It's, it's very hard. He goes, listen to me. You can do it. Let's do it. You're gonna make a million dollars. Really trust me? Yeah. So they drive out to the Grand Canyon and cameras and news wheels and all this stuff, everyone's ready to go. He's like you're my best friend. You really think I can do this? He says, listen to me. One, not a hundred, a million percent. You're the best tight walker in the world. You can do it. Sure, sure. He says, okay, good. I'm going to do it. But I want you to stand on my shoulders while I do it. <laughs> he goes, no. Nah. He says, what do you mean? You're a million percent sure. Why would you stand on my shoulders? Well, not that sure. <laughs> Emuna and bitachon. Emuna is yeah, yeah, I believe in everything. Bitachon is yeah, act on it. In, in other words, it's very nice to believe in it, but act. Okay, well, anyway, but but you see, the whole thing is in all the things, all the more fortunate you learn that they didn't have emuna in the Hashem said you're going to leave Mitzrayim and you're going to go to Israel. They didn't believe it's going to happen. It's just not going to happen. So. Without that Amuna, they died. It's the same thing here. So I want to tell you a story where you, Mamash, can hear that it's good. Not that it's bad, but it's going to be good. Listen to the story. It was a king. I never said the story before. I heard it today, first time. When I asked my friend, Oshie Langsam, where'd you get it from? He won't tell me. He doesn't tell me his sources. It's like when, you know, you have a good friend and they make a perfect, perfect cake. It's unbelievable. And you call them for the ingredients. They leave one out because they don't want you compete, competing with them, right? So, so this king used to go hunting all the time. And he had, he never went without his doctor. God forbid, he gets an arrow, he gets hurt, pulls up, breaks his leg. He always had his doctor right next to him. The king always had his doctor with him. So they go and they're out in the field or whatever it is. And the king shoots an arrow, but the arrow got caught up his finger, and he cuts his hand pretty bad. And the, the he, he goes right away to his doctor, and he says, doctor says, okay, I have cream and bandages. He bandages it up. So the, the king says, it's going to be okay? He says, maybe yes, maybe no. That's a strange thing for a doctor to say. Right? Okay, maybe yes, maybe no. Two days later, Starts to get a little bit red and swollen and hurts. Comes back to the, back to the doctor. He says, "Doc, you know it's not doesn't look so good. It's not healing well." He says, "Okay, I'll, uh, I'll what's it called? It's your finger. It's your index finger. Okay, I will soak. We'll soak it. We'll put a different ointment on. Okay, put that. Three days later, it's really swollen. Comes back to the. He says, "I'm going to be okay. Maybe yes, maybe no." See, he comes back later. Three days later. And his hand is swollen. He says to the doctor, what are you doing to me? You gotta help me out. What's going on? Oh man, that's a really bad infection. Okay, we're gonna cut it open. We're gonna get the pus out. We're gonna soak it. We're gonna put cream on, whatever it is. Am I gonna be okay? Maybe yes, maybe no. Comes back three days later. It's so infected. The doctor says, listen, I'm really sorry about this, but we have to amputate your finger. That, that if you, it's gonna spread through your body, you're gonna die. I have to amputate, amputate your finger. He says, are you crazy? He says, if I don't do it, forget about it. 
He says, is it going to be okay? He goes, maybe yes, maybe no. He says, really? Guess what? You're not my doctor anymore. Take him, put him in prison, and let him rot. What kind, of, what kind of doctor is this? I'm losing my finger? Maybe yes, maybe no. So he has some other doctor. They have no choice. They, they amputate the finger. Doctor's in jail. Forget it. He's done. So, amputate the finger, bandage it up, whatever it is. Half a year later, he's going hunting again by himself. He doesn't have the doctor anymore. He's going hunting by himself with his, with his company of guys. And he gets separated. He's running after a deer. And he gets captured by these, like, um, like the Incas, you know, they, they, human sacrifice. They, human sacrifice. And these were these jungle people. And they caught him. So, he's, he's a white king, regular guy, you know. So, so they, they didn't care king, no king. They didn't know who he was. They were savages. They're gonna, okay, that night they're gonna go sacrifice him. So they have this whole thing. You can't believe it. The king is gonna be sacrificed. As a sacrifice, what are you going to do? They have this whole thing, and they're dancing around the altar, and they're dancing around the altar, and he's all he's all tied up, and the priest comes out, you know, the Indian priest, like whatever, and they're going to sacrifice him, and they're dancing around him, and dancing around. Also, the priest goes, uh, 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 we can't sacrifice this guy. They're like, why? He says he's missing a finger. He's a he has a blemish. The, the, the human that we sacrifice has to be perfect to the god. If we give God a ble. A, a human without a finger, a blemish, God's going to punish us. Forget it. He's no good. He has a mum. Let him go. So they let him go, and he goes back to the palace, and he runs down to the king, to the to the doctor, and he says, I love you. You're the best. You saved my life. Had you not amputated my finger, I would have been sacrificed alive. It's amazing. You did me the biggest favor. I love you. Come on, let's get out. I'm going to take you out of thing. He looks at the king and goes, no, you don't understand. You did me a much bigger favor than I did you. He says, so what are you talking about? I threw, I threw you into the dungeon. He says, that's right. Had you not, I would have been with you when they caught you. And I don't have a finger that's missing. I would have been the sacrifice. So both of them, one lost a finger, and one was in jail, and it saved both their lives. Godless story in Gamzula Taiva. It's a godless story. So this guy lost a finger. This guy's in jail. He would have died, or he would have died, or they would have both died. Because he didn't have a mom, and he didn't have a mom, they would have sacrificed both of them. So... You, if you now, if you don't, if you don't hear, and this is the point. This is the point that everyone who listens to this year needs to listen to. If I would have stopped, stopped a minute before that, the end of my story, and you would have had a king without a finger, and a guy in jail, this is a tragic story. It's a tragic story. The doctor's in jail. The king lost a finger. Don't read the story to your friend, your kids. It's a terrible story. One guy's in jail and the other guy's an amputee. But one minute later, this is the best story you ever heard. Because it, when you get to see the end of the story, it saved both their lives. We don't get to see the end of the story in life. Life is from the beginning of the world to the end. We don't get to see the end of the story. So in the middle of the story, this is a tragedy, and this is a tragedy, and this is a tragedy, and God, how could you do this, and God, how could you do this, and God, how could you do this? Because we don't see the end of the story. This is a perfect story to show you that stop one minute early, it's a tragedy. Go one minute longer, it's amazing. The Jews in Mitzrayim stopped the story too early. If they would have left Mitzrayim, they would have seen Kriyas Yamsov. They would have gone into the Eretz Yisrael. The story would have been very different. But they gave up hope because they did not see the end of the story. 
What is emuna? Emuna is that I believe that the end of the story is always good. So even though I'm in the middle of the story, I don't give up. That's what emuna is. Emuna is the finger is off, the guy's in jail, but I know God is causing everything in the world. I know one sentence later, if I would live another 100, 200 years, and I would see what would happen for the family because of this, then I would be able to see. But I can't live for 500 years. So therefore, the, 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 they don't get to see the end of the story. The Jews in Mashiach's time, because of what's going on, they don't see the end of the story. They just see what's going on, and they're like, no, this is not good. I'm going to the other side. And there's a lot of Jews on the other side right now. So maybe that's why Hashem would, would bring them back. Okay. It says that they get back because they die and that's their punishment. That's punishment right. That's maybe but that goes all the way back now to that unbelievable Dvatar that we saw that, that if the person wanted Mashiach, so he believed that it's going to be good, so even though he died because he didn't have a chance to see the end of the story, God brings him back to the end of the story. So that's a raya to what I'm telling you about Amuna. Amuna is that I know, even though I'm suffering, whatever it is, that the end of the story is good. So now, if you, if I believe in that, and you, and I die, the person dies, so I don't get to see the end of the story, but I'm the guy who believes that the end of the story is good, so when the end of the story ends up being good, you need to show it to me. Because I believed in it. That was my Amuna. So that's why he says that when Mashiach comes, even though you died, I'm not going to wait till Tears of Mason. You believe the end of the story was good even though you were in the Holocaust, you were in the Spanish Inquisition, someone died from cancer, whatever you went through, right? All your suffering. But you believe that the end of the story is good. I believe it's good. Now, if I believe it's good, Hashem, you got to let me see the end of the story when the end of the story happens and everyone else gets to see it. The whole world gets to see it, and I'm the guy who believed in it when things were bad, and you're not going to let me see it. So this chidush that Hashem is going to bring back people who, when they were alive, believed in Hashem, just that they should be there when Mashiach reveals himself, fits into the whole story. And that was the mistake that the Jews made in Mitzrayim, is that they did not believe in the end of the story. I'm being beaten, I'm being, I'm a slave, I'm being hurt, my family's no good, we're all slaves, we have no freedom, we can't get out of the triumph, so we don't believe that the end of the story is going to be good. You don't believe the end of the story is going to be good, you don't get to see the end of the story. Therefore, you die in Choshech. Godless. Have a good night, and thank you for coming to the share. You've just experienced another Torah class, brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.